Oh man, I'm extremely excited. I get to play with that that goat over there, you know, that baby goat, Mike Thomas, um, that baby goat, African American, the big goat, Drew Brees, uh, Mark Ingram, Lattimore, you know, I'm just excited to play with these guys. That was one Des Bryant speaking with the media yesterday. So he's excited to play with the baby goat, Alva Kamara, baby goat, Mike Thomas, and the big goat, Drew Brees. Be interesting to see uh, if Des plays Sunday, how much, what his role is, how they use him, and a whole lot more. Join us now to talk all things uh, Saints and break down what he saw on film from the Saints-Rams game, which is a really good one on Sunday. Is our buddy Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated and the Monday Morning Quarterback. Andy, what's going on, man? Hey, Chris. Happy Friday. How are you? Hey, happy Friday you, to you, man. Uh, we're doing good down here. I mean, the uh, LSU was a little disappointing for us last weekend, but the Saints continue to keep uh, everybody's spirits high here in the city. And after that game on Sunday, I mean, it looked like the Saints are going to run away with it. The Rams battle back, but the Saints uh, find enough separation there in the fourth quarter. Uh, big playability of this offense and Michael Thomas. Um, just, I guess, general takeaways, what you saw on film in this game. Yeah, it was a very Saints game on a number of fronts. Uh, you had the Michael Thomas factor and, and him winning one-on-one against the guy who's struggling, but a quality corner still, and Marcus Peters. Yet Alvin Kamara featured more in the passing game and in the slot, and we've talked before, Chris, I don't think it's a coincidence that they had fewer snaps of Taysom Hill out there and more snaps of Kamara on designer passes. I think the Hill snaps have come at the expense of the Kamara passing game at times. And Kamara was clearly the guy they built their passing game around that week. For example, as as I'm sure your listeners saw, on the Michael Thomas 72-yard touchdown, that was a huge play in the game, probably the game-winning play. Marcus Peters got confused because the safety help that he thought was there for a splash second was actually a dedicated double team on Kamara. That's the kind of thing you get with a guy like Kamara is when you use him and flex him and as a weapon and use that versatility, you impact defenders in multiple ways, and it helps everybody. So we saw that more in that game. And the other thing, the last thing, we're talking Saints offense, I guess, here, is they played out of base personnel a lot. Zach Line at fullback was on the field. At times it was uh, two tight ends, base personnel being basically your first down running personnel. And that gets overlooked with Sean Payton's offense. They're a lot more traditional in their personnel packages than people would imagine. The Taysom Hill thing notwithstanding, they, they, they do a lot of two-back stuff and they throw the ball very well out of it. Um, what did you make of that matchup with Michael Thomas and Marcus Peters? I mean, look, it's it's no secret. Marcus Peters is not playing well. And you know, this is a guy I really liked in, in his years in Kansas City. He uh, was really good as a rookie and uh, you know, made himself one of the best corners in the league pretty quickly. And uh, is it just he's just not playing well right now? Because we even heard the soundbite yesterday. He took shots at Sean Payton saying, hey, I'm going to see you again and all this. Um, is it just he's frustrated because he's not playing well? Well, I, I, the time I've spent with Marcus Peters on the Sean Payton thing, that's just his personality. That's where he gets his energy. He's a big chip-on-the-shoulder guy. So, I, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot to that. As far as how he's playing, that's a big deal. Uh, it, I, my concern, I, I, we probably talked about it on your show, Chris, my concern going into the season was that if you have an inconsistent pass rush, which the Rams are a very good pass rush, I think they're a touch inconsistent, which is why they went and traded for Dante Fowler. If you have that, 
with a corner like Peters, and this is true when Aqib Talib is in there as well, but, but especially with Peters, uh, he's a gambler. And if the pass rush is not getting home on schedule, then the gambles make him a vulnerability. So you've got to really be dictating the tempo of play with your defensive line if you're going to have a gambling cornerback like Marcus Peters. And they haven't done that quite as consistently as the numbers and the metrics suggest in Los Angeles. And I think Peters has been victimized as part of that. And then some of it just comes down cornerbacks and it's an inherently streaky position because you're totally reactionary. You can only do what the offense puts you in a position to do. And so once the offense starts smelling blood and they smell that blood early in the week when they see you on film, so they go into the game smelling blood. Once that happens, uh, it can be tough to work your way out of it. Talented guys like Marcus Peters usually do. So I'm optimistic for him, but, Michael Thomas is not the receiver you want to see if you're struggling because he is so fundamentally sound. We talked about a few weeks ago, Andy, this offensive line was finally getting healthy with Pete and Unger and Warford. I mean, they got their their starting five back, and they've been playing very well. But the stat that just stands out to me, Andy, these last three games, the defensive fronts you face from Baltimore to Minnesota to the Rams with Aaron Donald and Sue up front, the fact that Drew Brees has only been sacked once in the past three weeks speaks to how well this offensive line has been playing. And, uh, again, I'm just I, I'm astounded at Breeze has only been sacked once and not not once against the Vikings and not once against that, against that dangerous front of, of, of the Rams. Yeah, some of that's a testament to Breeze himself. He moves very well within the pocket, and that gets overlooked. You know, for a lot of years, Chris, Peyton Manning led the league in fewest sacks allowed, and Breeze is always up there with them or down there with them. They always got sacked about 20 times or less in a season. Peyton Manning never played behind a great offensive line in Indianapolis. They invested in left tackle and right tackle, but their interior line was not a high pedigree at all. So it's not that Peyton Manning had a great O-line. It's that Peyton Manning knew how to get the ball out, and he especially knew how to move within the pocket to maximize his pass blockers' protection blocks. Breeze is the same way. That's why he's able to play at six foot. So... You know, the quarterbacks, they don't get enough credit in the NFL for the sacks they avoid. They also don't get enough blame for the sacks they take sometimes. Breeze, I thought, was sensational on that because Donald got to him a few times. Aaron Donald was still Aaron Donald in that game, but Breeze made him miss as a pocket mover, and that's extremely impressive, and that separates good from great in the NFL. You cannot be a superstar QB if you don't have really sharp pocket movement. Let's talk about the newest addition, Andy. Uh, Saints uh, placed Cameron Meredith on IR this week. Uh, he has not caught a pass since the Redskins game, and his snaps were diminishing week by week. So you kind of knew something was up there. Uh, Ted Ginn already on, on injured reserve, so a need at another wide receiver spot. Saints go out and bring in Dez Bryant. What do you make of the addition? How quickly can Dez uh, get up to speed in this offense, and how do you see them utilizing him? Well, stylistically, I think he'll get up to speed pretty well because I think his style fits the offense. We talked uh, a few weeks ago about Cameron Meredith, and I said he's very good on big routes. That's been his game, in-breaking routes at the deeper intermediate levels. And that's not Cameron Meredith's game anymore, and we're, we're seeing that, and we maybe have even seen the last of him. Uh, but that was his style. That's why the Saints had acquired him. Bryant is the same way. So, but honestly, Chris, I think what we're seeing is closer. Des Bryant now, he's closer to Cameron Meredith, the guy he's replacing, than he is to that 2014 Des Bryant, which I'm just shocked so many people are, are 
talking about this move as if it's the 2014 right. Des Bryant. I mean, this guy was unsigned for two months. He's a street-free agent at this point. He just does not run well anymore, and he's good on the dig routes. It's effective because he can use his size, but he is not an overly pristine route runner either, So, which is part of the reason that when his athleticism dipped, his entire game fell downhill. So I, I'm again, I'm I'm just been mesmerized by the attention this move has gotten because I think by the end of the year there's going to be games. It will depend on the opponent. I think there's going to be games that Austin Carr gets a lot more snaps than Des Bryant. I think Bryant's a number three in this system and a number four in most systems. Yeah, and and that may be the case this week, right? I mean, with only two days of practice yeah, yeah. under his belt, yeah, I, I'd absolutely. expect. Yeah, I expect Austin Carr to play a little bit. Uh, quick thought, Andy, on the, the this Bengals team. Um, you know, the, all their losses have come to good teams this year, but Andy Dalton seems to be playing much better this year. The defensive front, uh, Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, they got 13 sacks combined. Uh, uh, any cause for concern for the Saints this weekend going up to Cincinnati where it should be pretty cold? Yeah, and you're, you know, an indoor team playing outdoor against a, a, a quality team, a team that's certainly a lot better than I thought they'd be. I think I had them going 4-12 and 12 in the SI preview prediction section. Uh, you mentioned Dunlap and Atkins, and those are the guys for that defense, and it's a pretty straight zone-based defense, so they're very dependent on getting their pass rush home. I know they've got 13 sacks. It does not feel that way watching the film. Those guys are very streaky, especially Dunlap. Atkins is a little more destructive. But I would imagine that Saints O-line, I know they had some guys listed on the injury report this week, but I would imagine that Saints O-line will take care of that Bengals D-line. So if I'm the Saints, I'm saying, yeah, there's plenty to worry about. But if I get to be a fan this week or, in this case, an analyst, I'd say that I don't think there is a whole lot to worry about in that game. All right, well, we'll see if the Saints can keep this rolling. We'll see if Des Bryant does play and uh, to what role, and uh, we'll break it all down with you next week. Andy Benoit, Sports Illustrated, and the Monday Morning Quarterback. Uh, Andy, always appreciate the time, man. All right, thanks, Chris. All right, it's Chris Gordy Show. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Chris Marler, Saturday Down South, joins us next. Stay there.